Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Can you hear me? Layla? I think I messed up lost you. Okay. I'll try to call you one second. Let's see what's going on here. Huh. And I have to call you again. I'll call you right back. Hey, wonderful. Can you hear me? I can. Yay. All right. Okay. Much, much better. And I can hear you much better as well. So how are you doing? We have to start with successes, right? Well, you know. I'm sorry? We have to start with your successes. What has been a success in the last week? Last two weeks, actually. We talked two weeks ago, right? Well, 10 days, 10 days. Yeah, it's been a little while. Um, successes, I don't know, just been busy applying for jobs and um, trying to figure out what I truly want to do. And um, I don't know of a whole lot of huge successes. Well, there's always uh, it. There's always it. You know, applying for jobs and sending resumes and everything that can be challenging. I know you're probably really great at it. But it's still, it's not a, not necessarily a fun activity. Um, it's actually not. I've been doing a lot of tapping about it. And, um, you know, just trying. I think there's um, a lot of shame about being um, terminated, you know, mm, because yeah. I, I knew that they were coming after me because um, I was supportive of my old boss. And she and the leader of the home health division got crossways, not because of her fault, because the leader of the home health division is an alcoholic and just is not healthy. And so I knew that the minute she left, um, that they would come after me because I was very openly supportive of my boss. Mm, Yeah. But I think it's that I didn't have alternatives in place. I thought I did, and then they were going so slow. Um, so, um, 
There's a lot of shame in actually being terminated, not having other options. Yeah, yeah. What I'm what I'm experiencing and doing a lot of tapping about. Good. And well, that's that's a wonderful that's a really wonderful success that you've been using the tapping. I know that you usually do it on your own. Do you find that it's really uh, helpful when you do use it on your own? I do. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to focus on um, putting movement forward in every area of my life where I want to grow. Good. So you're put, you're focusing on good. Say that say that one again, because that was really wonderful. Um, I'm just focusing every day on areas that I want to grow in. Yeah. And what would those areas be? Well, um, I'm trying. Uh, you know, I did a um, personality test. Well, I signed up for college. I told you I signed up for that, and I started this week. Um, I signed up for the Keynote Speakers Academy, and that um, starts this Saturday and every third Saturday for the next year. And um, so I guess those are successes. Yeah, that's huge. Then just trying to figure out what type of business I would want to do, like really, really want to do, not that I could do, but that I would enjoy. Um, and so I thought of today um, an option, and I'm going to reach out to several of my friends that um, could possibly assist and find out what they think. Okay. And, um, would, you write, would you like to run it by me? Sure. It's uh, teaching people how to navigate um, being their own patient advocate in the healthcare system. Yeah, because uh, we have so much experience. One of my friends is CEO for a long-term acute care hospital. Another friend has done all types of health care throughout the continuum. I have done most types of health care through the continuum. Mm-hmm. And um friend actually sued a hospital and got a huge settlement. So because of all the errors made, and I just... There's so many things like people don't know how to, um, what information to have ready whenever they call their doctor. Yeah. Uh, to actually be able to convince their doctor that they need a, and just, you know, uh, tools and stuff like that. And then that would open up not only the interest from the consumer, but also from the hospitals, assisted living facilities, because I can talk about customer service and what to do and what not to do. That that sounds fabulous. How would it, how does that resonate in your heart? Like, is this something that would be interesting, fun, motivating? Are you, is that something that you feel, for personal reasons or your story, that you feel passionate about? Um, to, to be quite honest, Lada, I don't know that I feel passionate about anything. Um, but it's something that I certainly have a ton of experience at. And, um, you know, we have, for the last year, I don't know if I told you this, Brandon actually, as of December last year, was blind because of his diabetes. And so we actually have been um, going through the diabetic retinopathy process, and as of now, he's got 20-30 vision in both eyes. Wow. 
which is unheard of because whenever you have diabetic retinopathy, the only thing that they offer you is that, um, you know, they were saying that he would eventually need to have both eyes removed. And as of Oh, my God. And so now for him, they've had so much success with the treatment and that he actually has 20-30 vision. They've had us on a radio show. They've done um, testimonials, video testimonials. And he went to have his um, his treatment today, and they were talking about how they used it yesterday and um, videoed, um, showed the video of us to their 250 employees and talked about the suggestions that we offered for improving their customer service to new patients. Yeah. So that's really what gave me the idea because you do have uh, organizations out there that are interested in hearing that type of feedback. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Over and over. um, Do I feel passionate about it? It's the way that I can offer value to the world because everybody needs that so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true, Dayla. And the other thing is, is it possible that there's a part of you that would like to, you know, that there's people out there who probably are where in your in a similar situation, uh, like you were a year ago, that actually don't know their options and their possibilities, who end up with a terrible diagnosis and prognosis because of their lack of knowledge. Well, yeah, it's amazing to, uh, I, I, I do see the ton of value in it because had we given up at that point, Brandon could not um, work and yeah. he couldn't drive and he was fully dependent on me and that would have kept him fully dependent on me forever. Yeah. So by going through the treatment and pushing it, it actually changed not only his life, but my life. Yeah. And I'm curious, yeah, exactly. So that is, so my sense is, Dela, that there's a part of you, and I'm curious if this is connected with the shame, and I wonder if it resonates, because something came up these past 10 days or so for me. And, and, and so sometimes there's a wave of energy that where, like, most of my clients, including myself, are going through something similar. I'm like, what is this about? But it has happened so many times that I'm just trusting in the energy. Um, mm-hmm. And shame is a component of it. And there is there's a like a blocking of energy because something has been going on. You know, shame is a is one of the most oh, pervasive emotions. I mean, there's anger and there's sun, you know sadness and anguish, but and fear, of course. But shame is really it's it's like I think it's one of the worst. When I talk with my husband, who's also a coach, he said shame is one of the worst because it's us feeling that there's something wrong about ourselves. Yeah. And and at the core what happens is that we actually start blocking our own energy because of that. We're not you know, we're not doing things and we're just shutting certain areas down. And and I believe that that is a part, probably not all of it, but a part of what is going on with you when you say, I don't know if I'm passionate about anything. But I think it's because there's a part of you that has been, like, suppressing somehow. We talked about these, right? Like any the true desire to have what you want because you grew up feeling like that was never possible. So why why even consider that? 
And you're yeah. starting to you're starting to defy that with all these you know all these considering and and uh, business building ideas. You're defying that you know that huge message that you know don't don't even bother. You're not going to amount to anything. Uh, well, you know, go ahead. Uh, you know, I truly I I understand what you mean about the whole component of the shame piece because I actually ran into that too whenever I was looking at the reimbursement piece mm-hmm. and, and um, the uh, I guess I didn't understand that that was a tax code and not um, not the company and so whenever I found that out I'm like okay no worries you know we'll just I don't even know if anything of it can be um, reimbursed but it's like constantly hitting a wall of not not knowing, not being smart enough, not being thoughtful enough, not being proactive enough. It's something that's there. Yeah. And then, just my dreams, you know, the night terrors are back. Really? So, they, they have been. So, um, it's, it's like, what is that deep fear? What is that? How, does, how do you get under that? Okay, so let's let's actually because that is that is really huge. Do you need to attend to anything? Is there like here the bing bing bing? Um, no, no, nothing. Okay, okay. So let's address a deep fear because it's like it's like there's there's something there. Are the night terrors something that you remember what is going on in your dreams? Well, it's different every night. I mean, and it's it's like it's multiple it's multiple a night. So there's not really a way to. It's not like it's the same thing. It's just fear. That's the feeling. Yeah, it's like in, too intense, intense fear. Is it intense? Is it fear that what is the common thread? There's always a common thread. Is it that you're going to die? Is somebody coming after you? What what is what is common thread? There's not, there's really nothing that's in common. Sometimes I'm the aggressor. Sometimes I'm the one that's being chased. Um, but the feeling is always just a lot of fear. And sometimes you said you, sometimes you're being chased and sometimes you're the chaser, you said? Yeah. Okay. But it's something, well, hold on, because there's something here. There's something about chasing. Like running okay. away or running after something? Like in my dreams, I have physical, like I have really killed somebody, chopped them up, and I, I, you know, is it, it? It could be anger, but it really comes across, and it feels like fear, like panic and fear mixed together. Okay. Okay. And if you were to acknowledge that there is a part of you that is in panic and fear. These is in panic and fear of is it your survival? I'm guessing that it has to do with survival. Yeah, I think it's all about survival. Like I'm gonna die. Yeah. And yeah. I realized this week that there's I'm just realizing, you know, I, I told you that I was raised in a religious cult. Yeah. So um, there's just all these teachings that are coming up, like um realizing this week that um that 
I remembered being taught about being beautiful. Um, if you were beautiful, that meant you were vain. And if you mm. were poor, or if you were rich, then that mean you got made fun of all the time. So it's like wait, if you were of- sorry, if, if you were rich, you were made fun all the time. Is that what you said? Yeah. So there was nothing good that was ever said about a rich person. It was just that old camel through the eye of a needle. Easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Right. So you're basically, if you're rich, you're cursed. Yeah, you're cursed. And if you're beautiful, you're vain. Right. Yeah. So, and all of that is against, you know, no matter what, you're going to hell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, how do you let that stuff go? Okay. That, that's a very good question. Okay. And it, it's really, because it's so ingrained, right? So start tapping a karate chop point with me. It's so, so ingrained that it's, you know, so, okay. Even though this has been ingrained in me since I was born. Even though this has been ingrained in me since I was born. And actually, it's also been downloaded to me through my mother and grandmother. And it's also been downloaded to me through my mother and grandmother. Being being a woman is a curse. Being a woman is a curse. Being beautiful is a curse. Being beautiful is a curse. Having money is a curse. Having money is a curse. The only good Having thing... Dreams. Go ahead. Having dreams was a curse. Right, right. Yeah, because that means that you're probably too ambitious, right? You're wanting more than you're... That the Lord is giving you. Yeah, you're just too much. You're not content with what you have. Yeah. Yeah. No matter no matter what, you're cursed and you're going to hell. No matter what, you're cursed and you're going to hell. There's no way out of it. There's no way out of it. I heard that the only key to go to to actually get out of the curse. I heard that the only key to actually get out of the curse was to actually suffer. Was to suffer. Isn't that true? It's completely true, yeah. Suffering is the key to get to heaven. Yeah, exactly. So I learned that suffering is the key to heaven. I learned that suffering is the key to heaven. Take a deep breath. I honor all those beliefs. I honor all those beliefs. And I now would like to let them go. And I now would like to let them go. Because they truly don't serve me anymore. Because they truly don't serve me anymore. Not that I ever thought they did. Not that I ever thought they did. Right? <laughs> Let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, but- you know, there comes up a panic about letting them go because that was that was such an identity for my family. It's like, if I let that identity go, then that truly means, and I have done this so much, it's like I'm alone. Okay. Yeah. So I would lose my identity. Keep on just tapping through the point. I would totally lose my identity if I let these beliefs go. I would totally lose my identity if I let these beliefs go. 
And not just my identity, but I would be alone. And not just my identity. Being alone feels like... Feels like what? Nobody loves you. Nobody loves Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if your family is actually... If you don't belong to your family, you clearly are unlovable. Well, and I don't I don't have anything to do with any member of my family. So the identity and the the belonging is it's is it a symbolic thing or is it beyond your family? Well, I think it's probably that I don't belong anywhere. Mm, yeah. And if you were to actually let go of these beliefs, you wouldn't even belong to any even association with your family. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a part of me that feels... There's a part of me that feels... That if I actually let go of these beliefs... That if I actually let go of these beliefs... I may just die and go to hell. I might just die and go to hell. I would be alone and destitute. I would be alone and destitute. In fear for my life. In fear for my life. Because I learned this as a very young child. Because I learned this as a very young child. And to that child, belonging to her family... And to that child belonging to her family... Meant that she was going to survive. Meant that she was going to survive. Barely, but she she could have a chance at survival. Barely, but she could have a chance at survival. She knew that alone she wouldn't make it. She knew that alone she wouldn't make it. Do you know that? Do you see that, Dayla? Because every child knows that. It's yeah, I do. Yeah, I actually. So it was a logical discussion for me in my head, and yeah. I really very very early as to if I could survive without my family. Right. And what was the answer? No, the answer was I had to manipulate my mother by doing what she wanted me to do so that I had a place enough to get old enough to survive. Yeah. So there was a, a very young part of you that knew that you really had to belong to this family. Yeah. Whatever the, whatever the cost, you had to belong. Yeah. Even if it meant swallowing these beliefs that were not your own. That's true. You just had to swallow them. You had to just make them your own. Yeah. Your survival was at stake. It was. And that you, the only thing that you wanted was to survive. That's all I wanted, yeah. 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 So close your eyes. Come down to your toes. I want you to just, as you can stop tapping if you want for a moment. I really want you to notice wherever your toes are connected with the floor, the earth. Notice what sensations are present in your body right now. Just sensations. 
any tightness, any tingling, any sensation? Um, tingling in my feet and kind of nauseous in my stomach and like a pressure in my heart. Yeah. And I would say a little bit of an ache in my head. And what, what, what do you feel in your head? A little bit of ache, tightness in my neck. Okay, tight. Okay. 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 So tapping through the points again, my body's really reacting. My body's really reacting. It's not safe to let these beliefs go. Even if they keep me suffering. Even if they keep me suffering. Because that's what is the key to heaven. Because that's what is the key to heaven. In my body, it's it's really, really painful to let them go. In my body, it's really, really painful to let them go. Take a breath. Continuing, my stomach feels nauseous. What's going on, Dela? My stomach feels nauseous. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. And there's a pressure in my heart. There's a pressure in my heart. The message is very clear. I cannot hear you. I think you can hear me, but I cannot hear you for a moment. Can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Take a breath. My my nervous system is letting me know that this is not okay. My nervous system is letting me know that this is not okay. It's not okay to let go of these beliefs. It's not okay to let go of these beliefs. I made a vow very young. I made a vow very young to suffer and really work very, very hard. To suffer and work really, really hard. Because that was the only way that I could belong to my family. Because that was the only way I could belong to my family. That's what they valued. That's what they valued. None of these ideas that you can have a business and motivate people or help people and make money. Can you say that one more time louder? Of course. Yeah, none of these ideas that you can have a business. Yeah, none of this idea that you could have a business. Motivating and teaching people. Motivating and teaching people. Or even enjoying your work. Or even enjoy your work. That that was like, what would you say? That was like an absolute... Was that part of a curse if somebody did that? Was that kind of unheard of? Was it bullshit? What was it? I really don't know. I think it was just unheard of. Unheard of, yeah. Not an option. Not an option. Yeah. And not necessarily an option to work and enjoy what you do. And not necessarily an option to work and enjoy what you did. Uh, awesome. Are you yawning? Yeah, I yawned. Yay. I love it. 
you know, yearning is one of the best things you can do, right, when you tap seven. So happy. Yeah. Okay, so take a deep breath. Feel your toes again. Check on your sensations again. Notice what's happening. Yeah, feet are still tingling. Sorry, not as nauseous, okay. Feet are still tingling. Okay. And uh, I don't feel as much pressure in my heart. Okay. Not as much tightness in my head. How's the head? I couldn't hear that. Yeah, not as much ache in my head or tightness in my neck. Okay. Okay. Good. It's still present. So, okay, tapping through the point. My my nervous yeah. system is still activated. My nervous system is still activated. It's so, so scary to let go of these beliefs. It's so, so scary to let go of these beliefs. Who would I be? Who would I be? Where would I belong? Where would I belong? And in my nervous system, I still belong to my family. And in my nervous system, I still belong to my family. It doesn't matter if I don't have connection with them. It doesn't matter if I don't want connection with them. The truth is, if I don't belong somewhere, I'm not going to be lovable. The truth is, if I don't belong somewhere, I'm not going to be lovable. And that is something that is really crucial. And that is something that is really crucial. It's something that I would definitely like. It's something that I would definitely like. Even if I'm not open and right this minute. Even if I'm not open and right this minute. Isn't that true that you're not open for a relationship right now? Um, I think, um, well, I'd love a relationship, but it has to be, you know, the right relationship. Oh, of course. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm. I would say that I'm open. Okay. I, I don't know. That I'm, I don't know that I'm ready. Um, in terms of, you know, the value of that relationship. You may not be ready because what? Of the value. I don't know. You know, I'm overweight and. Oh. Uh, yeah, but because, and, um, because people that have a little bit of extra weight don't don't have you are not in relationships. <laughs> well, generally, um, you're overweight after you've been in a relationship for a while. But <laughs> like, I'm not a boy, so I don't have money, and I have extra weight, and I have a whole lot of other issues, and I don't know. It's just yeah, I feel like, imp- I'm I'm too imperfect. I'm not I'm not. That's not an option. I have to shape up before, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I bet that you're still really pretty, though. Well. But you won't say that, that because that, actually that would make you be vain. So we wouldn't even talk about it. Well, <laughs> no, I think jumping. that I look, I, I'm looking really old and haggard because of all the all the stuff going on. Ah, look at that. So so it's okay because you're looking old and haggard, overweight, you don't have money, you don't know what to do, you have problems. Yeah, you probably. Now, this is this is really crucial. Okay, cuz I I hope that you're you're tapping, right? I Okay. 
So this is the way that you talk to yourself. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. The truth is, I heard. The truth? Yeah. The truth is, I heard. Well, they they called me, really called me, like, how would you say, mean words? They were, your mom was cruel to you. Yeah, she said it was worthless. Yeah. But there's, a, there's some cruelty to things that she said. I mean, there's, there's certain things that you never tell anyone, and even less to your child, your own child. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. Even though she was mean and cruel with me. Even though she was mean and cruel with me. There's a part of me that felt like I had to still be with her. There's a part of me that felt like I had to be with her. Yes, she was my, the only rational parent. Yeah. My survival depended on it. My survival depended on it. Yeah. And now I am actually mean to myself. Yeah. I punish myself all the time. Yeah. So she always okay. punished me. Now I, I picked that up along the way and punished myself yeah there's something okay let's look let's we're going to do something that is going to be you you know how do you get to the bottom of this and this is going to be getting to the bottom of it and it's totally okay if at any point you don't feel like opening fully up to me which i totally honor okay but if there was this the one thing Dela one thing in your entire life that you should be punished for or should, you know, you can, there's another something that you have done in your life that you can never, ever forgive yourself for because it's unforgivable. And you are right about that. There's, there's something that has happened that you did or that you were part of that you cannot let it go because it just was so wrong. No matter how you looked at it, you should have known better, you should have been stronger, or you should have done something different. But there's absolutely no way that you can ever forgive yourself for this. Can you think of something? Well, I think two things come up. Um, the first is being vulnerable, like allowing myself to be hurt, because I knew she was crazy early on, but yet she was a rational sort of crazy. So really not not um, protecting myself more. That's, so the vulnerability thing. And then the second thing is that, you know, I told you that I was sexually abused. Well... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked sex. Like, really, really liked it. In fact, my mission early on was to go to Vegas and to be a prostitute. I tried to run away multiple times. And, like, at age nine, I was packing. I was going to find a trucker. I don't care if I had to fuck my way to Vegas on my back. I was going to Vegas because prostitution was legal. And... <laughs> I was like, you know, if I'm going to get fucked all the time, then by God, I'm going to manage it. 
I'm going to make a million from it. And that was my mission early on. So I think probably those two things together. Yeah. So there was like, so there was something in the beginning, especially the sexual abuse. You were, how old were you? You were really, you were really young, weren't you? Yeah, I was, I was three, almost four. And it was your brother. Yeah. But as I got older, there was a whole, like, he, he brought everything in. I couldn't hear that, sorry. So as I got older, there was a ton of people involved. Yeah. And is it? And so by nine, you were like, okay, I found my my mission. I found my calling. Yeah. Was it at nine that you made that decision, or was it earlier than that? I think it was earlier than that. At nine, I had become my own business manager, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Would you would you charge, or would you ask for favors? No, not my. More like. Um, more like, if this is going to happen to me, by God, I'll run away and I'll go have sex with whoever I want to. I don't know like, why I'm I'll, having... I, are you on a speaker? I'm having a little bit. I really want to hear you. I'm sorry. So, uh, no. Is that better? No. Yes. 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 Now it is. Yes. Yes. Okay. So more like, um, if I have to have sex, then I get to pick who I have sex with. Right. Okay. So I'll manage myself. And not like getting paid for it, although I was trying to figure out a way to get paid for it. But I was just yeah. going to run away and and uh, define my own destiny. And at the time, what? What happened? Your mom? I got caught the day before my older sister found my stash of stuff. Really? Uh. Yeah. So I got caught the day before I was going to run away. How do you feel about sharing these? Because I heard a huge sigh. Um, no, I, I don't have shame around it. I... um. That's just, that's my story, you know, that's what happened. Yeah. Is there, is there any part of you, any part, okay, not just I hear, I hear you that there's no shame around it. Is there a part of you that feels that that was wrong, enjoying it so much or wanting to just make a million from it or? Yeah, I, there's definitely something there um, that. It, it was not okay. okay. It wasn't okay for me to to really be in that zone of, of being able to enjoy it quite so much. Ah, so the problem wasn't so much the sex as the enjoyment. Yeah, I just really felt like, wow, this is a, a, a euphoric moment. And that wasn't okay. So sex was having an euphoric moment, and that was not okay. That it was what? Yeah, it it wasn't okay because it was so it was so secretive and so ugly, and like it just 
somehow it, it um, I knew it wasn't okay. But what I didn't know at that time, because I thought, I thought that was everybody's experience. I thought every kid growing up, that was their life. I didn't know that I was a different experience until I was 13. Yeah. What happened when you were uh, when you were thirteen? I think one of my friends said something at school about how she spent her Saturdays and Sundays, and I was like, "Oh my God! Not everybody spends all day long every Saturday getting fucked by different people." I had no idea. Hmm. Well, once that happened, I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm done. I'm not. I'm not having this experience." Because it wasn't, okay, what is it that you wanted to do other things or was it that that showed you that it really wasn't okay? Something clicked there, didn't it? Um, no, not really. It just said, okay, this is, I seriously thought that this is what happened to everybody. I mean, yeah. seriously, there was no doubt in my mind that every every girl growing up had that same experience. Of course. And, um, so Are you tapping? Once Are you I found out, Dela? Yes. Yeah, thank you. And once I found out that that wasn't every child's experience, I'm like, oh, it's not going to be mine either. Yeah. And you just stopped it, just like that. Yeah, I, well, I stopped it. And then um, it, like... It was a period of, you know, okay, I stopped it, and then I started sexually abusing my younger brothers, and then I had sex with dogs, and then I had sex with my sister because, you know, she had also been sexually abused, and it was just a process. Okay. Now, okay, so so at 13, you stopped having sex with people that you were choosing, but they were older than you, and when you decided to stop with them, is that when you actually turned to your younger brothers and the dog and your sister? Yes. Okay. And is that, how is that, does that feel? Um, it was just, yeah, I, I still don't have any shame around this. It um, just was so painful because I had, I'd never not had sex. Mm, yes. So, you know, I was just trying to figure out how to how to stop it, and I was really cognizant of not carrying it on. And <sighs> something is going on, isn't it? Even though there's, I, I understand there's no shame, but it's it's a pretty. Okay, I just want you to just tap as quick as you can through the points and just breathe. Okay. So there's some, I want to share something with you. Okay. And this is me. I'm putting off briefly my hat as a psychotherapist, and I have worked with a lot of people that had, believe it or not, very similar experiences to you. Okay. And what I have learned in my experience is that you're absolutely right. when your body opens up to sexuality, the euphoria, the joy, the pleasure, 
and all that it involves at such a young age where you are not emotionally ready and your mind is not ready, your body is not ready, but let's say that, you know, your body goes with it. But there's something at a neurological system, in a neurological way, that gets a little bit to get off. It gets off uh-huh. in, in a way that you actually numb some of you. Okay. So, that, so that's what I'm hearing because, uh, you know, it's, I, I believe that there's, that you don't have shame about it, and yet there's, you know that it was not, it was not totally okay. There's a part of you that was witnessing that was what was going on and knew for whatever reason that it wasn't totally okay. Yeah. And such an immense amount of conflicting emotions and both, you know, physically, like sensations and emotions going on because if you're keeping it a secret, it's both pleasurable because you're hiding it from your mother who was, excuse my French, she was a bitch. I don't know if we can go that far. Is that okay with you? Yes. And and at the same time, you have to keep it a secret because there's something that is not totally okay about it. And as you said, being raised in such a strong religious you know, family and culture, there has to be, so I know that his suffering was something that was completely, again, I'm guessing that somewhere along the lines you knew that, you heard that sex was not one of the, you know, one of, <laughs> one of the things that, talk, that got you to, to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a massive amount of conflicting emotions and sensations and thoughts going on in a very, very young developing nervous system. So there's a part of you, right? There's a part of you, and I know you're still not in connection with that part of you yet, but that part of you that is that kind of numbed out. Yeah, I, I could see that. Just like, okay, that doesn't work, so put it aside and keep surviving. Right. Survival was the only goal for everybody, yeah. not just for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a life full of danger, really, full of a lot of different... You had to learn a lot of different rules in order to survive. There were a lot of roadblocks, and sex was one of them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, with constant chaos, for sure. Yeah. So I can totally see how that little girl, that three-year-old, was like, okay, I'm survival mode. I'm going to shoot. Like, this is what I think happened and why you, it's harder for you to find your passion. I think that that three-year-old shrunk her heart and soul as tiny as she could and tucked it away where it could almost like survive without being completely shattered. Yeah, I could I could completely see that. Because it was a full decision at that point. Right. Like, okay, I'm going to protect myself. Yes. And I'm not going to be manipulated. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I can never be manipulated. And because I know 
that I could be manipulated, I'm going to make sure that I don't trust, I'm not going to trust her and I'm not going to trust myself. And because I don't trust that that is strong enough, I'm going to, you know, put another vow around that. Yeah. So I can completely see that. Yeah. So how do you undo that? The way to undo it is actually providing over and over, connecting with that three-year-old and providing a different environment for her. So today, say the day you left today, the one thing that you have that is, is just the number one thing that is of immense value to you and that three-year-old is the level of safety that you have created for yourself. But Laura, I've done that since I was 26. Yeah, so since you were 26, I've created a safe environment for myself and my son, but yet those triggers have been turned on that entire time. It's 25 years later. So I get to turn them off. Well, if you want, I'll give you the short answer. And the short answer is that every time and you have to say, so I would invite you to go, not just, a day might be too much, but I'm going to invite you to go through like one hour being very, very conscious of where are your emotions. What are you experiencing? Are you frustrated? Are you content? Are you, are you just, you know, are you able to relax? Are you scared for the future? And Every time that you have an emotion that is not contentment or glad or happiness, that is, there's five primary emotions, okay? And the four that I'm going to ask you to pay attention to are sadness, fear, shame, and anger. Okay, what's the fifth? The fifth is happiness. Okay. So there's one that is brings, you know, joy, happiness, contentment, and the other four are, you know, anger, fear, shame, and, um, and anger. If any okay. of those four, four emotions, any of those four are being, are being experienced, that little three-year-old is freaking out. Mm. And, and it's a way of calling your attention and if you, for just an hour, it may be too much, but if, if you're noticing that that is going on, and you, because of your nervous system has been so numbed out in, in certain areas, I think the emotion that you're most in connection with is, in a conscious way, is anger, frustration, and the whole gamut. Um, in a subconscious way, is fear. Okay. So... Because, you know, hurt, actually hurt translates into fear, right? Um, And if those are being turned on, what is happening is that your nervous system is actually activated. And it's a little three-year-old that learned to survive. And in in that moment, the only thing that I'm going to invite you to do is this. Look around. Just look around. You know, open your eyes. Look around. And just notice that you're safe. And you just close your eyes and tell yourself, I am here now and I am safe. I'm no longer three. I'm no longer nine. I'm no longer 13. I am 49, 50 years old. And I am safe. 
you know, yes. Really, I do this all the time. In fact, I say I choose to be safe, healthy, free, um, rich, and loved. I choose. So I'm bypassing that amygdala. I'm making the conscious choice. Yeah. But I've been doing that for years. Okay. Then another thing, another thing that we that we had, we started working on is actually going to the the first and worst episodes where you felt that incredible amount of fear and just really healing us to the point where that nervous system doesn't get turned on as much. But something is going on right now that you're having the night terrors again, and I think it is connected with the lack of work and that you're you're also changing your vows. You're actually breaking vows. But just by looking and considering the possibility of having your own business, you're breaking a major vow that says that is not okay. I think it's connected to the the fact that we're pissed and connected so much to my identity. And that's how I survived is through work. Remember? So if I'm not working, then I'm not able to contribute. And if I'm not able to contribute, that was the fear. If I don't contribute, then truly, I die. Mm. And that is a story that you had growing up. Yeah, that is truly the way that I added value enough to be able to be considered a value, to have any insight and any power at all. Work with power. Work with my identity. Yes. So work that is that is very powerful. Work is work is power because is what allows you to survive. Yes. So I think that's what it's about. I'm just okay. not sure like how to let that go and how to rewire that. Well, this is when you're doing it. The part that you may not be realizing is that you are doing it because. When we were talking, you know, I would say a month or two months ago, and I brought up the idea of, you know, doing your own. You said, no, I, am not, I don't want to do my own business. I need to work for someone. I need to find a job. And I was like, okay. And you even mentioned I have to have a plan B and a plan C. And I'm like, okay. That's where, you know, that's where you were. And now you're actually starting not only to consider having your own business, but you have a whole plan of why this would be really useful, who you target it to, why you would do it, what are all the amazing skills you have for it. And the truth is right now, Dela, without much at all, you could just start having clients. Yeah. Like you can actually go to a networking event and say, this is what I do. I actually help people advocate for themselves. This is my story, and I have learned so much. I'm an expert at these. These these are the results that happened to my son, and I would be happy to help anyone that needs that needs this kind of support and training. And uh, you would get you would get clients. Interesting, but that in itself is like you. Can you see that? Like, so what is behind that? Interesting. There's something that you're. I can I can hear yeah. the wheels in your in your <laughs> brain turning. Well, I guess what comes up is I really just want to provide tools. I don't want to. I don't want to be anybody's patient advocate. 
I mean, I really want to tell people that, you know, you'd never walk into a hospital without um, a notebook and a pen. And you write down everything somebody says to you and their name and the date and the time. Because what you truly love doing is actually teaching and empowering people. You don't want to do it for them. You want to teach them how to fish, not to give them fish. Hmm. Isn't that true? True. And um, I don't want to be responsible for people. Ah, I've been okay. I've spent my entire life being responsible for people, and just the thought you of were, like, being so responsible, yeah. yeah, it just it was a thread. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would it be gratifying to actually help people advocate for themselves? To teach them the yeah. tools? Okay. Yeah, that's truly what I could see doing. That, and that sounds that sounds fabulous. You are very clear about what you actually what will work for you and what won't work for you. And even though you've always been extremely strong since you were three and probably since you were an embryo, um, this kind of the clarity that you're having right now, you didn't have it a month ago. Yeah, I didn't have it before this morning. Exactly. So can you see how things are changing even though the night terrors might, might be happening? And the night terrors may be a result of you actually doing what you're doing, the level of transformation that is allowing you to come up with these ideas. <laughs> There's a difference in the ideas and actually having the ability to execute them. So I look forward to, okay, I have enough to be safe for another couple of months. And so um, really, is two months enough to get a business off the ground and actually be able to pay your bills? No. You definitely can actually have a few clients in a couple of months, but you need to take action. So the first is so two things that I wanna I wanna tell you. Do it. You're sending I know you're sending all those resumes, you're actually sending that message out that you're also looking for a job. In the meantime, you can definitely develop a plan of action where you actually start really letting the people, letting the world know that you're interested and willing to do this job and helping them learn about how they can advocate for themselves. Mm. And a wonderful place that there has to be some, something like this nearby and it's an incredibly powerful place uh, to start if you don't know of any other. There's uh, in, almost in every local area, there's like a cancer, cancer connection or a cancer center for cancer patients. Yes, there is. And that would be a place where you can actually go and talk with whoever's in charge and say, you know what, I, I, this is my experience and I'm very, so, and we have to come up with what is your, um, you know, almost like your mission statement, your opening statement, which means you have people that feel lost in the system or that, you know, patients that are either lost in the system or don't feel strong enough to advocate for themselves how to develop the tools to feel empowered and clear when they communicate their needs. Wow, I like that one. What do you think? Say that one more time. Oh, forget it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll try, but I'm very happy we have the recording. And I said that, I'm going to tell you exactly. I said that at 58, about probably 57 minutes. 
57 minutes okay. into the recording, I said it all. I can try saying it again, but you help patients who are struggling with feeling heard or feeling that they can advocate with them for themselves and they're, they're struggling, find, have the tools so they can feel empowered and communicate clearly what their needs are so they can have the best treatment possible with the best outcome. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm really doing this because this is my story. I went through, you know, I went through this with my, my son. I know what is possible. I know the system, and I have so much to offer. Hmm. And you create a little mini, you know, we can, that's the beginning, having a conversation where you say, this is what I do, and I would love to do this for the people here because I know that it's so needed. Mm-hmm. The medical system has a lot to offer, and yet there's there's a lot of patients that fall through the cracks or that don't are not getting the best that they could because they don't know enough because they don't have all the tools. Yeah. All right. There's so much of that. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Sure. So that would be an awesome place to start. That would be an incredibly powerful and courageous first action step. Uh, there could be another place. Where do people, cancer patients really connect and get, are very tight. So that's a, a place, a center, is a place where you can find a lot of patients. I don't know if that would be, I don't know if there's something similar. Well, maybe there's a diabetics clinic or place where um, people learn about diabetes. I know that there's one in my area as well. They get training yeah, sure. and they're getting from, Okay. Um, how does it feel to you to do something like that? Put yourself out there in that way. Um, it feels um, yeah, it doesn't feel bad. I mean, that's what I've been doing for the last year is working at the highest levels of healthcare to um, put a message out there. So that feels pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like, I don't know. I guess what feels like I might not have enough, it just feels like I might not have enough time to actually be able to prepare the message and, you know, I'd have to create a message for patients and then a message for healthcare providers too, so. Well, for now, you can start with the patients, just for now. So it's one step at a time. I don't want you to go so big that you have to have all of this. It's like you have to start where you're at. And if you want to actually start making some income, you know, next month from, you know, doing these, then you have to start very simple. You just go talk with people and let them know that this is what you're doing. This is your, you know, you're offering your service. You can do a group training. You can do, you can work individually. That, you know, you have, you have a variety of options in which you can work. You can work with providers. You can work with patients. Right now, yeah. this, is, this is your expertise and this is what you're offering. And this is definitely, I think, a little, you know, I would say out of your comfort zone and totally connected with the part of you that is really wanting to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. How do you feel? Yeah. We, we, we went for a ride today, today Dela. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's just, I got to, I got to think about kind of, it feels solid. It feels like I can. There's a way that I can put it together. I've got a ton of people who can be resources, and that would um, probably jump at the chance to tell their story. And um, 
and I could film that and use it in the, the speeches. And if I uh, marketed the healthcare system, they have the deeper wallets, and I could probably get the speaking engagements there. And I know that they're always looking for speakers, so so uh, yeah, I, I, I just have to think it through. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. What my my recommendation is that all of what you just said is it sounds sounds really wonderful and powerful. Also, try to break it to the lowest denominator, so it doesn't feel like you have to do so much that you're like, oh, you know what? I'll just just let's go get a job and I'm just gonna forget it. Try yeah. to do try to do the smallest piece. Now, one question that I have for you that is very important: Would you rather work with groups or would you rather work with individuals, or, or are you okay with either? Um, I'm probably leaning towards the groups and yeah. even businesses, um, because I think I could affect more change working with the businesses than working with the individuals, and I can provide the tools for the individuals. Yes. You're absolutely right. So that is actually going to help you uh, target, tar- you know, that your target is going to be slightly different. So if you go to a place like the diabetic clinic or the cancer center, you can say, I'm interested in giving a training, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and you, can do, you can do, you know, one of the models that um, Margaret teaches is like you can do an informational training that is, you know, half an hour or 40 minutes long uh, and then in that in, in that in that um, talk or that presentation, you say, okay, I'm going to start a group um, that is going to run for weeks, six weeks, whatever you decide, and uh, uh-huh. right, and people are going to sign up for your group, and you can choose to do it yeah. in person, you can do it on the phone. We can talk about the details about either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you 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 know you you decided to be a businesswoman at nine, so I don't see why you couldn't actually do it now. <laughs> well, it's just I know how long it takes to get businesses off the ground, and and I it's just you know the very first thing to owning a business is you got to make money at it. So that is true, and, and the one thing that I have to tell you, knowing because I actually started my own business. And you're absolutely right. You know, businesses don't make money like in the first day that you create them. It takes a little while. Mm-hmm. But there is, as you know, there is a growing uh, a growing place. And start working with smaller groups or with individuals is something that is, is a shorter-term kind of goal. Yeah. Where you gain confidence, you gain clarity, and you also practice what is the best way of teaching what you have to offer. Because even though you're absolutely great at all these and you have amazing materials, you haven't done it yet, right? Are you there, Dela? Did I lose you? I think I did. I don't know if you can hear me. I'm going to call you back to say goodbye because we're way over time. But I'll do that in one second.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.